Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for any brand in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Back here on Oilers Now. It's 135 in Edmonton. Brendan Ulrich go with you. Bob Stoffer on vacation this week. So I'm in the big chair. Usually I'm... Uh, behind the glass producing the show but uh, Bob is away so he actually suggested getting our next guest on today and I know he follows our Oilers Now account says like okay well let's send him a tweet and here we go we have former Oilers goaltender Mike Zanier on the program here shortly he's uh, out in Sweden right now and we'll talk about his journey out to Sweden a little bit and also about uh, the Oilers new defenseman uh, Joel Parson who actually will stay in Sweden for one more year and then the Oilers will look at bringing him over next season but uh, we take some time now to bring aboard mike mike thanks for doing this today how are things going thanks for having me everything everything is good i take it you still follow the oilers a little bit judging by uh, you following oilers now on twitter yeah i've uh you know you gotta keep the old boys in uh, in touch and uh, actually i was over with some friends this uh this past season watched a couple games and uh i just yeah, I always, you know, I, there's a few teams I watch, and the Oilers are one of them. Well, yeah, that's right. I think I did see you on the big screen one of the games when they were honoring some uh, former Oilers. So uh, there you go. But uh, yeah, so you you played uh, way back in eighty four eighty five here, Nevin, and that's a, a while ago, and uh, it was short lived. You just played in three games, and then after that, you went to play for uh, the Nova Scotia Oilers and then Indianapolis Checkers in the IHL. So maybe just talk about uh, what you remember about playing in Edmonton. Well, you know, when I went to Edmonton, I went as a free agent back in 83 and, and signed a contract, and I was there in in the minors in the 83-84 season, except for a call-up for a couple of weeks, and then was with the Oilers at the Stanley Cup run in, in 84. And then the next season, I was down in uh, in the American League in Halifax for the for most of the season and got called up at the end of February and was there to the end of the next Cup run. So uh, basically, I think I was there about eight months in the two years I was with the organization. and spent a lot of time at Edmonton and two good years, you can say. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, your journey, I guess, went uh, to Europe. So maybe uh, talk about that. You went to Italy. 
Uh, you played in Germany for one year. I'm not sure where uh, the BISA L or BISL is, but that's uh, what is listed on HockeyDB here as your last season of playing. Uh, so just talk about your journey, I guess, from the NHL and then uh, overseas. Well, after after my time in, in Edmonton, I went down and played in the International League in Indianapolis for a year, and then Ron Chipperfield, the old Oilers captain, was coaching in Italy, and I ended up going over with him. I met him as my when my time in, in Edmonton, and uh, I have an Italian passport, and came went over to Italy and played there for 12, 13 years, played on their national team, and basically over-rooted myself in Europe, and... Uh, met my wife in Whistler one summer where I used to have my summer home and uh, she's from Sweden and we ended up uh, when my career was done we ended up living in Sweden awesome okay so that's how you uh, got to where you are today I guess so you're now what are you doing now you're a TV uh, media personality uh, covering the SHL I am a radio oh radio, radio okay uh, cool. I work with the local radio here in in Becra and uh, do all their games and uh, work as a color guy with with them. So, uh, so yeah. So I'm at. Uh, I, I see basically every home game for for the local team. Awesome. Okay. So then you know a little bit about uh, Joel Parson. I believe you were uh, reporting at one point that uh, he was closing in on a team too. So uh, it must be cool to see him sign with the Oilers. Uh, yeah, I was actually surprised. I I got off the golf course on uh, Wednesday and my phone had blown up that he was. There was rumors that he was signing. I think Ryan Rashog had announced that, and then um, and then I did a little searching through my contacts and found out he had signed that night. Uh, they got announced today, but I, I'd heard he'd signed a couple days ago. And um, no, he's he's a good defenseman. He's gonna. I think he he's gonna be a surprise for a lot of people. First, can you give us the uh, correct way to pronounce his name? Because I think I've said it a hundred different ways since uh, we were talking about the <laughs> signing earlier in the week. In, in Sweden, they would they would say Joel Parson. Okay, there you have it. I'll just have yeah. to replay that every time I try to say it. Then, <laughs> yeah. So uh, here here you got a, a, a young man who had been playing in Division One in Sweden, which is equivalent to the third league here, and uh, he got picked up to the top league in Vekra last summer. And I think from the from the beginning, from the sounds of it, when when they signed him, he was going to be like a, a a project, a potential. Offensive defenseman and uh, did really well in August in their in their preseason and and by the beginning of October he was running their power play and he uh, you saw his growth from September to the end was it was amazing you know jumping up two leagues is it's, it's almost like going from the East Coast to running a power play in the NHL that those that's the jump it is and uh, by the end of the season he was a, a very steady solid defenseman in his own end very good skater he sees the ice very well he runs the power play and uh, i think it's a great pickup for the Oilers. well yeah he has an intriguing uh, skill set that would likely uh, fit the oilers one day but what do you uh, make of i guess the decision today uh, peter shirelli releasing a statement once uh, the uh, signing was official that uh, he'll spend next season again in the shl they do have the option to bring him over at some point but it looks like uh, he is going to stay there so you know the league well um I guess maybe compared developing there compared to maybe coming over to the AHL where a lot of us maybe thought maybe he would uh, be next season. Well, first of all, I, I've had friends visiting today, so I had my phone basically off 
And then I found out, I heard about this this evening, and uh, I was a little bit surprised why he would stay over, Why the, if he's only got a one-year deal, why he'd be over here. But I don't know the intricacies of the of the deal. But uh, if you compare, from what I, I haven't seen the AHL in a long time, so I, it's hard for me to say yes or no. But but the, the the quality, the talent level of the SHL is is very high, and the players that I've talked to, the guys who have come over from the American Hockey League, say the SHL is a better league, talent wise. It's not as uh, it's not um, is run. It's it's more um, how would you say disciplined here. There's more structure in the game, or the SA, or the AHL is more sort of a, a step up from junior hockey. Uh, he, he's a very good player. He, I, I don't. Uh, I'm hoping to meet him. I haven't met him yet. I'm hoping to meet him this week and uh, talk to him. And uh, I, I think that development. If, if you want to develop in the American League or you want to develop in the SHL, I, I can't see much difference in either or. And it's what the, I think it's what's easiest for the player myself. Okay, yeah, that's a good way to look at it because I guess the other thing would be if he's in the AHL, at least he's close by. Like the Oilers could, you know, send out Craig McTavish to watch him play 10 games very easily compared to overseas. So I guess that might be a benefit of having him here. So that's why everyone was sort of surprised, I guess. But uh, at the same time, he uh, had a great year last year and it was only one year in the SHL. So uh, maybe you can just gain more confidence uh, moving forward by being over, like you said, it's what more, more comfortable for the player a little bit. But uh, where do you think maybe? Maybe uh, long-term his game can get to. Um, he's only 24, and he seems to be getting better every year. Yeah, and, and he's one of those late developers. And I, I think he, if he keeps developing, and, and, and a lot of the development of a young player is his confidence. And, and uh, you can see from his skill set that he has it. Now it's up to him to see where he can take it to. And uh, I can see him running a power play. He's got the the vision on the ice. He's a good passer. He sees the ice very well. He seems to make lots of great plays. And uh, I can see him running the Oilers' power play one day. He's a right-handed shot. He's got a good shot. He, he, he passes well. You know, uh, it's going to be up to him to see how he develops in the next few years. But uh, like I said earlier, I think it's a, it's a great signing for, for the Oilers, and it, it doesn't cost them anything. It's Why not take the chance? Since you're over there in Sweden, what is it about Swedish defensemen? Because uh, the Oilers have another two uh, defensemen on their team from Sweden, of course, Adam Larson and uh, Oscar Klopbaum, and there are so many other good ones in the NHL. We're watching Victor Hedman in the Stanley Cup Finals right now, and he's, uh, or not the Finals, Eastern Conference Finals, he's dominant, unbelievable. And then you have Dahlin, of course, coming over. So what is it about uh, the Swedish defensemen that uh, they just keep, it's like a factory of defensemen that keep coming from Sweden. <laughs> that's That's the life's unsolved mystery right now how sweden has developed all these amazing defensemen and uh the people in buffalo if they decide to take uh rasmus Dahlin, are, are going to be in for a treat for the next eight to ten years because this this kid is special i've had the pleasure of watching him for two years and he has been he just amazes me i just love watching the way he plays uh nobody knows all of a sudden they just developed a whole bunch of defensemen and uh it could be the big ice that they're able to handle the puck more, and they, it's just not a dump-and-chase game. It's more of a playmaking game, and it just seems to suit them. And then you have Eric Carlson that all these young kids have grown up watching and saying, oh, I want to be like him, and, you know, success breeds success. So uh, that could be the reason. 
Uh, what can you tell us about Adam Boquist? I don't know if you've watched him at all. Uh, he, of course, is playing in the Swedish One League, uh, and he's up to be drafted uh, this year and likely a top 10 pick as well. You know, I, unfortunately, I have, I've seen him live twice, games I did, and he didn't play very much. So it's, hmm. But what I did see, I saw he was, here's the 17-year-old kid. I saw a kid who was on the ice who showed skill, but when the game time come and he didn't get a lot of shifts, so you know what happens when they don't get a lot of shifts. They, when they get out there, they don't want to make any mistakes, and they don't really show what they can do. Uh, from what I, from what I've seen, I, you can see the potential, but I didn't see enough of it in the game to really say, yeah, this guy's going to be great or, or bad. I, I haven't seen enough of it. Well, he may be in the mix for the Oilers at number 10, although it's likely it'll go before then, but you never know uh, with so many defensemen in the mix for uh, the draft this year. So you mentioned at the start, uh, Mike, that you're a big Oilers fan still. Um, uh, how, how often do you watch the games over there in Sweden? Well, you know, unfortunately the games come on in the middle of the night, so yeah. a lot of times I catch, I catch a lot of the replays and uh, sometimes watch the games on, on uh, replay in the morning or whatever. Uh, a lot of times in the playoffs, I might on a weekend, I might I might get up early to watch games, or if um, if the games are broadcast early, I'll I'll catch them late at night. Uh, last year, I got a chance to watch when they were on their playoff run. I got a chance to watch a lot of their games, and uh, but this year they unfortunately had a bit of a tougher season and didn't get there. Well, this has been awesome, uh, Mike. I saw that uh, Ray Ferraro was on his way to visit you as well. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know Ray, if that's today Ray or. Up. Yeah, that was that was me and Ray were sitting talking. He almost missed his train back to Copenhagen tonight. <laughs> uh, we had a good we had a good chat. Uh, chat. Ray and I grew up together, and our families have known each other forever. So it was uh, it was fun to see him again. Awesome stuff. Well, we'll have to do this again. I really appreciate your uh, you know your uh, input here, and uh, clearly you know a lot about uh, the players over there. So uh, we'll have to do it again soon. I'm sure Bob would love to talk to you as well when he's back from holidays. Yeah, anytime. Just give me a shout, and uh, I'd love to be on again. Appreciate it. All right, that's uh, Mike Zanier from uh, former Oilers goaltender. He's now out in Sweden, and he's uh, watched uh, Joel Parsons play quite a bit and uh, thinks one day he could be uh, running the Oilers' power play. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but it is interesting that he will spend another season in the SHL, and uh, Mike was saying that perhaps the AHL is uh, similar to the SHL, but maybe the SHL is a little bit better, more discipline, disciplined a league. So... Um, interesting decision by the Oilers, but maybe it was uh, the player that wanted to stay there rather than come uh, play in Bakersfield. We don't know. We'll hopefully uh, chat with uh, Joel Parson maybe next week on the program as well. All right. We are supposed to be bringing aboard Morley Scott here shortly, and we're going to be cut short with time. So we'll take a time out. We'll uh, check in with Morley as he sets up Eskimos training camp for us next on Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca That's ProAmSports.ca This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Ched.
151 in Edmonton, back here on Oilers Now. Brendan Ulrich with you. We go to This Day in Oilers History, brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. If you're looking at uh, going on a river cruise to Europe for 2018, New West Travel, some great rates on these fabulous cruises. We go back to 1990, May 18th. The Yari Curry has three goals and two assists as the Oilers beat Boston 7-2 in Game 2 of the Stanley Cup Final. Our next guest uh, must remember that uh, moment uh, very uh, fondly. Uh, Morley Scott, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good, Brendan. How are you? Not bad. Uh, a curveball there. What do you remember about uh, the 90 uh, Stanley Cup Final? Uh, what year was that? 90, when the Oilers won their last Stanley Nin- Cup. 1990, I remember being there for it. I remember uh, the, it was, that was the long playoff game. That was the, the year the lights went out, right? That was, yeah. that was the uh, a playoff series that was uh, full of stories. That's for sure. Yeah, Peter Klima scoring the, uh, the OT uh, goal. Yeah, that was uh, that's pretty memorable. Uh, that was a pretty memorable Stanley Cup final for sure. Yeah, the Klima goal. We uh, that was uh, Wednesday, I think, or Tuesday for this state in Oilers history. But uh, game two, it was Yari Curry stealing the show as the Oilers went on to win seven two. All right, the Eskimos, Morley. Uh, all this excitement about training camp uh, finally being here. Uh, the Eskimos on the field this weekend, but then a bit of a shocker today with Dequan Bowers of retiring. Yeah, he uh, kind of came out of the blue. It's, it was, it's kind of surprising considering in March he signed a two-year contract extension, but the Eskimos announced today that uh, he is retiring. And whether uh, I, I don't know what the situation is and what's going on behind it, if there were other issues, if he was injured at minicamp or what the case may be, but uh, he's retired, and that leaves a pretty good hole on their defensive line, which uh, didn't have a lot of guys with experience coming back as it was with the uh, you know with all those. Uh, defensive ends being traded released or retired uh it's it's going to be uh even more of a new look defensive line now and it puts maybe a little bit more heat on jake serezna who was acquired in the odell willis trade to uh to step up and play a little bit more it, would, it was looking like it was going to be sewell and bowers uh, as the starters with serezna kind of rotating in but that may change now so we'll see if they bring anyone else in or if they just take a longer look at some of the other defensive linemen they have brought in but all of a sudden the defensive line i think becomes pretty much the focal point for the eskimos for training camp to find out who's going to play well it's interesting that has been such an area of strength for the eskimos the last few years so a bit of a question mark now all of a sudden so i know seawell is at least in good shape it looks like so at least they have him still <laughs> seawell's, seawell's always in good shape if you need a car move he'll just pick it up and move it for you uh he is in tremendous shape as always uh, i've seen him a couple of times in the last couple of weeks and yeah he's uh he's you know what is he a five straight years as an all-star uh he's going to be ready to go i don't think there's any doubt about that but uh, there are a lot of question marks along that defensive line now alex Bassey, of course is coming in he's got a good reputation being signed as a free agent uh kweku botang's going to hopefully take the next step and be a starter at the other end of the defensive line but there are some question marks for sure and like i say that's that's going to be the spot to watch i think during training camp especially on the defense Offensively, what we'll be looking for, Marley. I know, uh, of course, Zilstra is gone. Um, Bowman is gone, but they still have a Walker for the full season. Mitchell likely to play a bigger role. And the guy I'm really looking forward to, to seeing in his second year at the Eskimos is Duke Williams. He's a freak athlete, so I can't wait to see what he can do. Yeah, for sure. By all reports, he had a great mini camp in Vegas. So, yeah, he's a guy who will be also looking to take the next step. I don't think... You know, it's funny to say, Brendan. I mean, they lose the league's leading receiver. They lose uh, Darius Bowman, who's been so good for the last four or five years. But I don't think they're going to take that much of a step back at the, in their receiving core because 
of the players you mentioned because Brian Mitchell can be a full-time guy now. Duke Williams can be a full-time guy. Kenny Stafford is a pretty talented receiver as well. Uh, plus, they already have Darrell Walker. So, uh, yeah, I think they're going to be okay at the receiving spot. Uh, they're obviously all right at quarterback. They've got John White now with C.J. Gable at the running back spot. So I think they're going to be okay. Uh, the issue, I guess, for them uh, is uh, to find a, a guy to play tackle. Uh, because Colin Kelly's going to move over from uh, the right side to the left side uh, with DeAnthony Batiste retiring and taking the job with the uh, with the Oakland Raiders. That leaves an opening, so they've got to find a guy on the offensive line to play at the tackle position. So that's pretty much the only question mark on the Eskimos offensively. Other than that, they're pretty set. I don't expect them to take much of a step back offensively this year. I think they'll put up some, some expected to put up some pretty big numbers. That's pretty much all the time we have, Marley. I know I made you wait, and I know you were waiting to have a nap after working the morning <laughs> show, so I do appreciate you you sticking around and uh, keeping your eyes open there. But that's, uh, that's set the, the story I guess of my set, life. I'm, I'm, I'm always waiting to take a nap. That's the story of my life, man. <laughs> well, no napping this weekend. You'll be busy. So just set the stage, I guess, quickly on uh, what's on tap for the Eskimos this weekend. Yeah, for sure. Everybody reports tomorrow. They do their medicals and physicals tomorrow, and they'll be on the field Sunday morning on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium, 920 is the start time, and uh, fans are encouraged to come out if they would like to come out and watch. That'll be the case all through training camp. So Sunday and the holiday Monday, you'll get a chance to get your first look at the Eskimos on the field. So uh, come on out to the Brickfield, the Commonwealth Stadium, and, and see how they look. It'll be a little different this year, Brendan, because the, the two preseason games come so quickly. Fan day is going to be after the preseason this year. It will take place on June the 3rd a couple of days after their second preseason game, which is uh, June 1st in Winnipeg. A week from Sunday is the game to be played here against Saskatchewan. Awesome stuff. Thanks for taking some time here, uh, Marley. Anytime, Brendan. Good to talk to you. See you later. <laughs> That's the Eskimos play-by-play voice. So he'll more of Marley, uh, more of Dave, as uh, we turn our attention a little bit to the Eskimos as uh, they get set to open up the preseason next weekend. So we always have time for some Eskimo talk here on Oilers. Now, of course, we're the home of the Oilers and the Eskimos here on 630 Chet. Dustin, thanks for helping out today. That wraps up the Friday edition of Oilers Now. Big hockey game tonight. We'll have it for you here on 630 Chet. Game four from Vegas between the Golden Knights and the Jets. Before that, though, it's Andrew Gross with the afternoon news. We're back on Tuesday. Enjoy the long weekend. Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A.